this is the very first episode of Buckeye Dads Discuss. My name is Josh, and I'm one of your hosts. And I am Andy, and I am your other host. So, Andy, um, you and I have been kind of circling this for a while. Um, two, two normal white guys wanting to do a podcast, not very original, um, but definitely a lot going on in the world right nice. now. We wanted to, wanted to talk about it. Absolutely. This, like, I said, like you said, this something's been on your mind, something's been on mine. So let's make it happen. All right. So I'm sure you guys are probably wondering uh, who are Josh and Andy, um, what kind of chemistry do we have, and uh, how long have we known each other? So Andy and I have uh, known each other, wow, since 2002? Has it really been that long? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's been a lifetime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is going to make me feel real old now because um, we're getting to the point now where it's been more years you and I have been friends than we have not been friends at this point. Absolutely. Um, but like like I was saying, Andy and I went to high school together here in Salido, Ohio. Um, four years together at Catholic High School. Um, Andy, do you remember the first time we ever hung out? I don't. So let's recount that story. So nothing really crazy. You and I both had honors uh, biology together our freshman year. And we had it, had it together, had it together with our friend John. And I was kind of just muddling along in that class. Nothing crazy. And one day I got invited to sit at the cool kids table to play Euchre. Um, definitely not the cool kids definitely table. Definitely not the cool kids table, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was, uh, you and John and our friend, uh, Dan and the chocolate milk kid. I forget what his name was. <laughs> I remember the chocolate milk kid, but yeah, I think you give me a uh, high school yearbook. I wouldn't be able to pick the kid out of the book. And, uh, and to me, so eventually I jumped into these Euchre games and I, and I, I learned how to play Euchre, uh, with you guys. And since then, man, I mean, it's been, did you not know how to play? I did not know how to play, um, and I love playing. Wow, now. I did. That is news to me to hear. Twenty years into our friendship, yes, I uh, rummy was the game of choice in my house growing up, um, along with the more simple, you know, go fish and stuff like that. So I did not know how to play. Uh, we also spent a fair amount of time playing hearts in senior year in study hall, uh, which I also learned how to play from you guys. We were just bringing you on a path to corruption, I guess. Apparently, we should have yes. taught you poker, something fun. <laughs> yes, uh, that would come later for me, um, with my eventual father-in-law and my eventual wife. Um, but yeah, so high school, Andy. So you and I, Central Catholic here in Salido, um, affectionately home of the Irish, home of the Fighting Irish, called Central Public by our enemies. Um, so a little bit, a little bit of a rougher neighborhood. And place on the corner of Cherry Street. Yes, place on the corner of Cherry Street. Um, man, I want to say, looking back, we were, you know, I'm sure our parents were very happy uh, how tame we were in high school. I, I think our, I think lame is probably a little bit closer to what we were than tame. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah. Yes. Um, so. Our weekends. What Josh isn't telling you, he's the valedictorian of the class, uh, well, head of the uh, the Gold Pen Society, which they gave us a gold <laughs> pen every year, and I still have no idea what they gave them to us for, but we got them every year. Uh, 
Andy, that was for the Insignia Society uh, for, you know, the top 10 or so ranked people in the class. Um, I'm sure I haven't been somewhere lying around with uh, 8 million academic letters. Uh, so if you guys aren't getting the uh, aren't getting the hint right now, we were uh, not exactly the coolest kids in town. Um, definitely, I was captain of the quiz bowl and chess team, so I think that that writes itself right there. No real additional explanation needed. Andy, de- you de- definitely uh, definitely the case there. <laughs> Andy, you uh, you know at least played hockey for Central, so that's something. I think. Calling what I did on the ice playing hockey is a bit of a generous assessment. <laughs> okay, but I well, had a really good seat to the games. <laughs> uh, you let's put it this way: you were able to have a legitimate athletic letter on your Letterman jacket, uh, whereas I did not bother ordering one because eight million academic letters is not really something you brag to the women about. But you still got the girl in the end. <laughs> many many years down the line and that that'll be a story for a different day um that that's a good story for another day so our high school years were literally marked by zero alcohol sleepovers playing None. halo and risk lots i mean not a whole lot going on uh we you know religiously went to our school's uh, high school football games, varsity games. Um, we ended up uh, winning Division Two state champs our senior year. We had nothing to do with that, but we enjoyed the ride. We were down on the field for several games. Uh, they like let us run the flags for, or like Irish flags or whatever for for a couple games before they thought that was a horrible idea. But being on the field was kind of cool. I think us and the uh, the other guys we hit it with were the only ones in the school that could spell Irish correctly, so they they entrusted us to uh, run the flags in the correct order. Again, run is also being generous uh, for some of us, but you know that uh, uh, it was definitely a good time. So our four years largely uneventful, just kind of getting by. Nobody really doing great with the ladies. Uh, as senior year comes along, we're all making our decisions on where we're going to college. Uh, what did that look like for you? Uh, that was a very easy decision for me. I had two options on the table. I had Toledo, staying at home, living in my parents' basement, which I ended up doing. And again, that's a story for another time. <laughs> or it was uh, heading down to Columbus to the Ohio State University. Yeah, so to kind of cut to the chase, I mean, w- calling this Buckeye Dads discuss uh, kind of takes away the anticipation, but – my college church was a little more uh, complicated than that. Uh, my parents wanted me to apply. I probably applied to like seven or eight different schools with no intention of going to most of them. Um, but really, you know, there's nobody as passionate as a convert. And I kind of grew up as a Michigan fan. Uh, Toledo, Ohio is closer to the University of Michigan than it is to Ohio State. Uh, I grew up in Maine and we moved to Toledo when I was six, so I didn't really have any inherent biases one way or the other. Um, And I was really set on going to the University of Michigan. Uh, My other school was Ohio State. Um, And, you know, just financially, when all the money came down, I got into both schools. Um, Michigan said, great, we'll give you some money. Uh, You'll pay us $12,000 a year to come here. 
And then Ohio State came in and they were like, well, we'll pay you to come here if you want to come here. And I was like, how, how do you turn that down? So uh, the rest is history. I, I, can't, I moved in a week early uh, with you and we got brainwashed right away. And I bleed scarlet and gray ever since. Do you remember the first football game we ever went to? Uh, yes. Yes. Why don't you go ahead and tell that story? <laughs> Do you remember the journey we took to get the tickets for that game? I that was the highlight of the that was the highlight of the day, in my opinion. So we end up getting pretty decent seats to to, you know, we'll tell the story in a little bit of reverse order here. So we end up sitting like three rows right in the tunnel where the team came out. We'd never been to Ohio Stadium before. So it was it was a bit of a pretty cool experience. But so Josh and I had moved down there. Well, you said it was a week early. That sounds yeah. about right. Before mm-hmm. before school started. So we had, you know, the student ticket package, whatever, that covered the games that were during the academic year. We didn't have tickets to the Cincinnati game, which first game of the year, maybe second game of the year. First game, I believe. First game of the year. So we decide, you know what, we're going to just going to go down to the stadium and buy some tickets. And we're 18. And, you know, Josh has kind of set the stage. We don't know a whole lot about the way the world works, and we decide we're just going to, you know, walk up to some guys selling tickets, and we're going to get a hold of some. So we start talking to this nice gentleman about some tickets, and he puts a price out, and we say no. And he says, no, guys, seriously, that, that that's the price. And we say no, and he says, well, come on, we're going to the 7-Eleven. You guys are going to the ATM and get the money to pay me. And so we went to the 7-Eleven, bought the tickets, and had I'm pretty nice time sure. I'm pretty sure there was at least one previous offer with blatantly fake tickets uh, that we almost got sucked into. And then even when we bought these tickets from this guy, we looked at him and I was like, are these real? Like, are these actually going to get us into the game? This guy could have sold us a cereal box with a picture of the stadium bought on it. And I don't think we'd have known any better. But lo and behold, they magically worked. We did get into the game. Um, It really wasn't a bad price, if I remember. No, I want to say we paid like 90 bucks a ticket or something like that, which is, you know, for how close we were to the to the field was actually not that bad. That's the number I had in my head, so that must be right. Yeah, so our four years at Ohio State are a little bit more exciting than they were uh, in high school. Um, uh, not on the lady front. Not on the lady all. front. Well, <laughs> no, not, no, not really. Not particularly. Um, really, no. Uh, I told my parents when I left to go to Columbus that I was never coming back to Toledo, Ohio ever again. Um, and I uh, held pretty, pretty true to that. I came back a decent amount my freshman year, definitely always for Thanksgiving and Christmas, but I spent all three summers uh, at Ohio state living on campus, doing research in the labs. Um, and I love my experience there from start to finish. Um I would say it took you a little bit longer to warm up to it, I think, but by the end of freshman year, you were feeling pretty good. I would say that's absolutely right. The first, the first quarter or so was a bit rough. Maybe the second quarter was a bit rough. I was, we had a lot of friends back home and I, I, I did miss coming back home, but yeah, by the end of the end of freshman year, I, I was hooked. I was in and I should have never left Columbus. Yeah, so I'll tell a I'll tell a funny story uh, from the end of freshman year. Um, so, like I said, I stayed all three summers uh, while while I was on campus, but I didn't really, you know, f- housing was always just fly by the seat of my pants uh, for those first couple of years because I didn't actually have my own apartment, 
you and I both lived in the dorms our first two years at Ohio State. So you and I, you and I both uh, took a lot of psychology classes together. That, that that was my major, so I majored in in psych and history. So I took a lot of classes in psychology, and you were kind enough to join me in a couple of those. Yes, I minored in psychology, uh, majored in biomedical science, and a kind of a pre med type route. Um, most of our most of our psych classes together usually ended up leaving halfway through to go grab lunch somewhere um you know which is always a good use of a college student's time you know we may we may not have learned a whole lot in those but uh we definitely took that time to build our friendship and i'm pretty sure i use our friendship more often than i use my psych major these days so (laughs) in the end i maybe made the right choice yeah so you know parents have the worry their kid goes off to college and a lot of parents are worried about alcohol or even something a little bit harder from a drug perspective just partying in general for me it was really it was none of those things i really took me a while to kind of warm up to drinking and the partying scene which i participated in minimally i would say Uh, but for me it was just no rules no schedule stay up until three o'clock in the morning skip class um oh there was i i probably attended maybe I don't know, 60% or so of my classes in my four years that I was at Ohio State. That might be generous. You, you, you binged more <laughs> on sleep than you, than you did on alcohol. Yes. Oh, 12 hours, 12 hours in a row, just amazing. Um, so, so yeah, you know, nothing too crazy from that end, but, you know, we're getting by, um, I end up choosing to go to, both of us end up choosing to go to grad school, uh, apply to PhD programs. I end up um, interviewing at a bunch of places, but ultimately going to the University of Michigan for a PhD program in neuroscience. Uh, What about you? So I ended up uh, in the lovely town of Mount Pleasant, Michigan, which is not not a lovely town (laughs) at all, at Central Michigan University in an experimental psych PhD program that I... Stuck out for a year, but I'm pretty sure it took me about three weeks to realize that was not, that held no future for me. And again, you and I were very similar in that. So I um, stayed for one year at the University of Michigan. I wore my Ohio State uh, jerseys around every opportunity I could. Um, Stayed true to my Buckeye roots. Um, But it really comes down to one the one story for me as far as grad school um over the summer i had started dating my now wife uh who i have three kids with um but at the time you know it's kind of is this something to kind of you know base my future on or not and my research mentor took me out to lunch because he saw that i was kind of wishy-washy about you know staying in the lab focusing on research And basically the moral of the story of the lunch was he was like, well, I had cancer and stuck it out. So you can stick out this love sickness and, you know, this is more important than your, uh, who would eventually be my wife. And that was a very crystallizing moment for me, not in the way he uh, thought it would be. Um, But uh, I, I, you know, I always kind of uh, had it on my to-do list that I wanted to you know, get married, have kids young, uh, really, you know, family was really important to me. So that was a very crystallizing moment. And um, I left grad school 
as soon as I could at the end of the first year, as soon as my lease was done. And I think looking at your beautiful family, there's no question that you made the right choice there. Yes, I. Uh, it was not a very popular decision at the time, particularly uh, with my parents, uh, but I have not uh, spent one minute uh, since 2011 uh, regretting it in any way, shape, or form. So there's that going for me, at least. Okay, so, um, you know, as you guys can tell, Andy and I have been friends for quite a while. Uh, Andy was the best man in my wedding in 2013. Uh, I was... You know, they're at they're in quite drunk at Andy's wedding uh, several years later. Um, <laughs> you know, in the meantime, we've both ended up back in Salido, uh, married with children, uh, kind of the same old same old story. Um, so uh, now that you guys have a little bit of history about us, we kind of want to go into just some of the things we're going to be talking about in this podcast. Um, so uh, as you can as you as we said already, we're both in Toledo, Ohio. We're both married. We're both white males. We both went to Ohio State and love uh, uh, love the school, love the football team, love football. But Andy, what are some of the things you and I disagree on that uh, you know might prove a source of narrative tension during this podcast? Well, to, I guess to start with the uh, the things that matter politically, we've. Uh, I think that's maybe where the, the basis of the whole idea of this came from was we would have, we would drive from Columbus all the way up to Toledo and have two and a half hour conversations about political things. Sometimes I actually believed what I was arguing. Sometimes I was just trying to piss you off. <laughs> um, so I think our, I think our politics uh, maybe are coming to be a little bit more similar than they used to be, but, but I think there's probably some things that you and I agree on there, but uh, I think we have to talk about the most important thing that we disagree on it's got to be basketball versus hockey. Josh is a basketball guy. I went to, did I have season tickets? I can't remember. I think you did. At one point he drug me to Ohio state basketball games. And, and I mean, that was the year with Mike Conley and Greg Oden. And I mean, it was, it was a year for Ohio state basketball and it wasn't for me. And I drove Josh to Ohio state hockey games and he literally fell asleep in the stands and, and got hit by the t-shirt cannon so that that has probably historically been the greatest source of tension between us is is the great debate between hockey and basketball well i mean it's not really a debate because basketball is a better sport but uh yes uh i like like andy said our freshman year was the same uh freshman year as greg odin and mike conley uh greg odin was in my history rock and roll class and we both attended approximately the same number of classes which i would say was about zero um my routine for that class would be to uh every it was about a two-hour class an hour or so in there would be an intermission for people to come down and sign the attendance sheet i would walk in i would time my walk in during the the crowded everybody trying to sign the sheet go in sign my name turn around leave go get breakfast uh and just never attended that class um but yeah basketball has always been in my veins um i played quite a bit from fifth grade through high school continued on uh just in the gyms at college um and like andy said i got hit by the t-shirt cannon at the ohio state michigan hockey game I picked up the t-shirt and put it under my shoulder and I went back to sleep. So it just, it never did it for me. You were roundly booed by the entire crowd when you did that as well. 
sometimes you just got to make a stand and stand up for what you believe in. Um, just uh, just to play on that that history of rock and roll story, though, uh, if you are a taxpayer in the state of Ohio, just remember some of your tax money went to fund Josh having breakfast after he went in, looked at Greg Oden, and then took off for the day and had some breakfast. What can I say? I mean, I'm sure there's some worse use of taxpayer dollars, but I can't think of an example right now. Um, I would say you, sir, were the benefit of uh, several free meals at Eddie George's Diner, um, particularly one one evening with lots of whiskey involved. So you don't have anything to complain about. That was the, if we're tying it into sports, that was the uh, night that Patrick Kane scored the goal that nobody realized he scored to win the cup for the Blackhawks in 2010. Whatever you say, boss. <laughs> That's what I have to say to that. I wanted to watch the hockey game, and you either wanted nachos or to go out and drink. So, so we found ourselves say, at Eddie George's on pictures of uh, Royal Flushes night. <laughs> so, needless to say, uh, there's probably not going to be a ton of uh, Andy and I talking about basketball and hockey. Uh, there's certainly down the road we might have some guests in uh, that might focus on uh, those two sports and kind of can go into a little bit more detail. Um, but really a unifying force for us. And I'm sure the focus of at least one episode down the road here will be football, both from a college and uh, pro perspective. So, so our winter sports differ, our politics, I think we might discover that we align on some things and, and surprisingly disagree on others. Um, other things that uh, differentiate you and I, um, really, I would say, are just the classic uh, hallmarks and nerddom. So I have always been a Star Wars guy, a Lord of the Rings guy, a Marvel guy, um, a DC guy, uh, just all of those. I read Harry Potter. I'm not going to say I'm the biggest fan in the world. Um, but those really, you know, strong, nerdy things, uh, trading card games, computer games, shoot all of that into my veins i love it um and that's not something that's ever really seemed to appeal to you yeah not 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 a uh, classically nerdy guy um at one point <laughs> our, our good friend zach and i decided that justice despite josh we would never watch the lord of the rings and i can definitely say i've survived a marriage where my wife has tried i'd say at least five times to try and get me to watch the lord of the Rings series and I made a promise some night in high school that I would never watch the Lord of the Rings just to spite Josh. And I'm holding true to that. And at this point, I'm not going to give up on the time that I have banked on that. So it's a disgrace. Yeah. Um, you know, the sad thing is at this point, I actually think they look fairly interesting, but it's the spite of it all. <laughs> I, I just can't. Oh yes. It's the principle of the thing. Um, luckily I've been Maybe able compromise to with the books. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think you'd like the movies more, but that's uh, that's a a, talk, a talking point for another time. Um, so we will have some differences. This is not going to be uh, the two of us talking into an echo chamber. Um, and I think uh, our next episode, uh, which is going to focus on uh, the coronavirus and parenting, particularly with schooling, um, you'll see that we've had two uh, different experiences with our children and uh, uh, both of them resulting in us wanting to scream into the void, uh, but we will get to that later. Um, so we covered again that we're going to be talking about current events. Uh, 
coronavirus is obviously shaping everybody's uh, worldview right now. It's affecting every single person's life. We will uh, dive into that in quite a bit of detail and uh, and how it affects our family lives and schooling, uh, how it affects our extracurricular activities, what we just think about how uh, the government's handled. We are going to be talking about politics on this show. Um, we have an upcoming election in November that I am sitting on pins and needles for already. How has the election been weighing on your mind? Yeah, so I think I've been trying to limit my media consumption a little bit because that's definitely a rabbit hole I can go down and, and kind of spend hours reading things. And, and I don't think that's the most productive thing I can do with my time. Um, and as you'll see when we get into the politics episodes, I've definitely rubber banded. I think, you know, my politics were on one side of the aisle and then maybe I've bounced back and forth across the aisle a couple of times. And, and I don't know which side I find myself on all the time, but I definitely know which side I've been on the last six months or so. So that's, that's something maybe we can look forward to in the politics episode. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to uh, dive too deep into it right now. We will certainly get into it later. Uh, the Biden sign in my front yard has not been uh, graffitied in any way yet whatsoever. So that's encouraging. Um, but we will definitely be getting into it uh, as we get closer and closer to the election. So we've given you guys uh, some backstory on us. There will certainly be quite a bit more personal anecdotes um, about our, our friendship over the years as we continue on. Uh, we've discussed kind of how we are alike and different, what we're going to be covering. Uh, one bit uh, that we'll probably be doing quite a bit in these episodes is kind of a top five list or a Mount Rushmore. Uh, I love lists. I uh, make a list every day of things that I need to do. I would probably marry some of my to-do lists that have been uh, successfully accomplished. Um, I love lists and I love to debate things that are on lists. So Andy, our first top five Mount Rushmore lists, we are going to discuss our top four, our Mount Rushmore of best Disney movies. So to give you the ground rules, we're going to go back and forth. We'll trade uh, I will go ahead and start. Uh, if I name a movie that is on your top four, just chime in and say it's on your list and we will discuss that movie together. Otherwise, once we have given our top fours, we will debate uh, who has the better list. And, uh, and that should about wrap us up for today. So are you ready to go? Let's do it. Okay. From the first Disney movie on my Mount Rushmore, I'm going to the top shelf I am not saying this is an original thought in any way whatsoever, but I'm going to take Aladdin with my first pick on my Mount Rushmore. Absolutely Andy. on the list. No Excellent. question, Aladdin makes the list. So again, Andy and I, both uh, both millennials, both born in the year of our Lord, 1988. Uh, Disney movies are foundational uh, metric for us growing up. Uh, I'm sure we learned many lessons, both uh, implicit and explicit from them uh, but you really I think anybody that comes up with a Disney movie list is going to have Aladdin on it what do you think? I think it's a trash list if it doesn't have Aladdin on it and that's not even a hot take that is that is probably a pretty lukewarm at best take I would say um, Robin Williams is the genie you just the music is exceptional the characters are are great and interesting uh jafar is uh is a is a pretty is a pretty decent villain i have a 
a couple that are better uh, coming up later on my list. Um, but really, I mean, you just you can't argue with this pick. I know we're not doing songs, but Magic Carpet Ride would, or Whole New World Magic Carpet Ride would have to be would probably make the songs Mount Rushmore. And Jafar is still unsettling, and I am a thirty-two-year-old man. <laughs> Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, my wife has had to endure many renditions of me singing A Whole New World, both Aladdin and Jasmine's parts. Um, and believe it or not, folks, I am still married, so I have that going for me. She is not the only one that, is, <laughs> that has heard you sing A Whole New World. All right, Andy. So I kind of slow your thunder on that one. Go ahead and give me the second movie on your Disney movie, Mount Rushmore. I don't think this one will be the least bit controversial either. The Lion King. Yes. The uh, Lion King is also on my uh, top four. So hopefully we'll diverge a little bit in the back half. Um, but this is also, this is a no brainer. Classic tale of revenge. Classic tale of, of finding yourself and coming of age. I mean, what more could you, uh, absolutely amazing music. The music is great. Uh, Scar is clearly in the pantheon of Disney villains. I so again, all of the movies on my list I have rewatched relatively recently. I have a six-year-old and a four-year-old and a one-year-old. Six-year-old is definitely a movie person at this point. Um, I rewatched The Lion King. Scar is legitimately evil. Uh, he is very much. Uh, a pantheon mad guy jeremy irons voice work is amazing uh this is the recap of scar scar kills his brother uh thinks he kills his brother's son but drives him out uh, and, and exiles him you know that scar fucked his brother's wife like it doesn't get shown in the movie but you gotta think i mean he's the king uh you know you know some actions going down and then when his brother's son comes back, he tries to convince everyone that the son was responsible for his father's murder. I mean, really, how do you get any more evil than that? Pure evil, and you didn't even mention the peck of hyenas that he also kind of runs on the side to keep everything, keep everything crazy. Yes, Scar is amazing. The Lion King is amazing. The music is amazing. This is easily... Every every top four list should have these two movies. All right, I, I, I'm curious if this is going to be on your list. This is I'm going off the beaten path a little bit. My number three movie on my Mount Rushmore is Hercules. Great movie, not on my list. Hercules, I I have I love Greek mythology. You learn a lot about Greek mythology in this movie. Again, a prerequisite for every great Disney movie is the music is exceptional. Um, I'm pretty sure probably too old for this to really be kosher. Uh, teenage, preteen Josh had a crush on Meg in this movie. Um, uh, the, Hades, yeah, the Hades character uh, is just great, hilarious. Uh, it's inspiring. It teaches us how to go to distance. Uh, I love this movie, and this is a lock for me in my top four. All right, Andy, hit us with number three. All right, so if we're going for the uh, off the beat path thing that I think you probably don't have on your list, Lilo and Stitch. 
Okay, this is not on my list. I'd like to hear you make the case for it. So I'm going to say if we were to compile lists and do a meta-analysis, Lilo and Stitch is probably not necessarily going to appear on a lot of lists. But I, the work I do now is, is very close to social work, and it is an absolutely great social work movie where you can see kind of where Lilo came from. You can definitely see the trauma that Lilo's been through. And then the deliverance that Stitch comes and kind of gives her that connection to other people that she's never had before. I think the music is underrated. I think the bumbling efforts of the actual social work in the movie and then also the people from space, I can't necessarily, I can't think of their names right now, but the dudes from space that are coming back to try and get him, just the way they bumble through everything and fail, just, it, I rewatched it for the first time not that long ago, and it was hilarious in a way that I don't remember it being hilarious. Hawaiian roller coaster ride, underrated song. Okay, all right, I think you made a good case for that. Um, before I give my last movie, I want to give a shout out to a movie that is not going to make my list at all, even close. Uh, this is a movie, classic movie, um, that I rewatched uh, recently because my son had an interest in it. Um, but this movie, wow, um, could not be made in 2020. And that movie is Peter Pan. Andy, have you watched Peter Pan lately? No, not at all. Peter Pan, again, I don't really believe that cancel culture is a thing. I think people just should be accountable for their actions. But Peter Pan has legitimate attempts at murder in it. Uh, the mermaids are trying to kill Wendy. They're trying to drown her. Uh, the bomb that goes off in the uh, in the kid's house. Um, the What makes the red man red uh, as a song. Um, and, all of, look. and all of the Native American stereotypes, uh, lots of stereotypes about women's places just in the home raising children. Um, we watched this movie because my son was Captain Hook for Halloween last year. And I was blown away by how, uh, uh, by how this movie could not be made in 2020. Did you let him watch Hook if he was interested in kind of the whole Peter Pan story? Um... I'm not really the best judge of this because I've let my son watch Venom. Um, and I think that's not the only rated R movie that I've let him watch. Um, but uh, he's, or no, that was PG 13, but he's, he's watched a few very questionable movies. I would let him watch hook. I love hook. Uh, my wife is very anti hook, which I think is a travesty. Um, that's shocking. But uh, yes, I would let him watch hook. And he will watch Hook at some point in the near future. Um, also, I want to say, really underrated Halloween costume. He won as Captain Hook, which was a horrible idea because anytime you take away one of your kid's hands during trick-or-treating, that is a bad idea. That's a lot more work for you, for sure. Yes. Um, but I was gifted a giant crocodile onesie uh, to go with him. As, as Captain Hook, and that was the warmest thing. Halloween was horrible this year. Windy, rainy, and I was just toasty in my crocodile onesie. So uh, definitely give it a consideration if you have young kids out there. Uh, let them be Captain Hook, and you can be the crocodile, and you will not regret it. So we need to go back and 
assuming there will be social media pages associated with this, that picture 100% needs to be on there. <laughs> I'm sure it exists somewhere and I will not be embarrassed by it. April, find that picture. <laughs> okay. The last movie uh, on my Mount Rushmore of Disney movies is it's not going to be a surprise, but I would say it has maybe been forgotten to time a little bit. And that movie is the original Jungle Book. Classic. Classic. Um, I watched this movie probably just three or four weeks ago with my son. And I just laughed and laughed. Uh, the, The Bare Necessities is a magical Disney song. I feel a deep, deep kindred with Bagheera the panther. Always being a warrior. Always being somebody that has to babysit the drunk people, in this case Mowgli, in this in this example, the person that needs to be led. Uh, the dances with the monkeys, Shere Khan, Ka, all of the characters are just magical in this movie. Uh, it has spawned a million remakes and live versions. The original is a very old movie. Number four on my list, I love it. No argument here. All right, Andy, number four. Number four on my list is a classic, Beauty and the Beast. Great music. Anthropomorphized China. How can you go wrong with that? (laughs) Lovable characters. Gaston is an underrated, hateable villain. You kind of spend a decent part of the movie thinking Beast is the villain. And then, I mean, really, at the end of the day, Gaston is is the real dick in this movie. So, um, I mean, what can you say about Belle? The Gaston song... Gotta be the best princess. Yes, that that is fair. Uh, The Gaston song in the bar is low-key amazing. Um, Yes. I have definitely... uh, The the wordplay in that song and actually just what the lyrics are is is really pretty funny. Um, That is... I think that's one of the movies that when you go back and and re-watch it, it, it's one of those that is watching it as an adult you pick up on a lot of those things that you kind of missed as, as a kid. For sure. Okay. So to recap my list, Aladdin, Lion King, Hercules and the jungle book. And my list was Aladdin and Lion King, Lilo and Stitch, Beauty and the Beast. Okay. So basically this comes down to Beauty and the Beast and Lilo and Stitch versus Hercules and the jungle book. I, I really thought that I was going to be the clear winner in this, but Beauty and the Beast, I think, is the best of the four movies in our in our differing list. So, I don't know. I'm going to let the people decide. In the next episode, we're going to have a we're going to have a show email. If you uh, have thoughts on who won this top five, send us a send us an email. And let us know. Um, but I I think it's going to be a pretty close call. I, I agree. I think Beauty and the Beast is a more classic option, but I think you kind of dug a couple out of the vault. And Hercules, like you said, especially the music in Hercules is is really a quiet, quietly great music. I don't think you could go wrong, but go ahead and pick my list. <laughs> Definitely pick my list. Um, I also want to give a shout out to The Little Mermaid. I'm not picking it as a movie, but the music in The Little Mermaid, phenomenal. I, uh, definitely envy sebastian the crab's voice and kiss the girl and have definitely uh serenaded my family with that multiple times so shout out to the little mermaid 
Might have been, might have been the uh, the first movie on the outside looking in for me. Ariel is just not as lovable of a princess. I I I can't disagree with you. I mean, to each their own, I suppose. But uh, but yeah. All right, Andy. So I think this is going to wrap up episode one. Um, I think this is a good introduction. Uh, episode two, we're uh, a little preview here. We're going to be diving deep into COVID in Ohio. Uh, specifically in Northwest Ohio, and how that's affected our children's schooling, both in the past and last spring, um, and coming up in the fall uh, here in a few short weeks for me and already for you. We started last week. So I'm very curious to hear uh, uh, how you think it's been going, how the school has has responded, uh, I will share some stories on my end because our school's decision so far has been chaotic at best, I would say. Um, so um, one of the things I didn't really touch on earlier, but we are going to touch on a lot in this podcast, is just kind of parenting. Um, Andy and I are both dads. Uh, we both uh, live with our spouses in two-parent households. Um our families are, are composed a little bit differently. Andy's family is a little, is mixed. Uh, I have a special needs son, so we both kind of have some extenuating circumstances. Um, that kind of, you know, it's not just the usual uh, several biological neurotypical kids. Uh, so we'll be talking a lot about parenting, what parenting looks like for millennial dads, how it's been different from what it was in our households growing up. Um, I definitely think that's going to be one of the hallmarks of our podcast. What do you think, Andy? Yeah, absolutely. I, that, that's something that parenting is just near and dear to my heart, both what I do professionally and just it's something that's really important to me personally. I know it's something that's important to you personally. Um, and I, I just really want to touch on just the way that, like you said, the way things have been different from the way that we were raised, maybe. Um, I know we live in houses that maybe aren't necessarily the uh, – the gender stereotypes that we grew up with. And, and I think that's a good thing that, that we're bringing into the world. And that's something that I'd like to have a little bit of conversation with you about, and then maybe bring some other people in on as well. Yeah, definitely for sure. So um, thanks everyone for listening. We really appreciate it. This is episode zero of Buckeye Dads Discuss, and we'll talk to you guys later. See you next time. Buckeye Dads Discuss is a podcast hosted by Andy and Josh. It's edited by April. Uh, You can find us on social media at Buckeye Dads on Twitter. And you can email the show at BuckeyeDadsDiscuss at gmail.com.